Hey, all right, this is Tim Crisp, and you're listening to Road to the Skeleton Coast with Brennan Kelly. Brennan, what's going on, Bubba? How are you? I'm pretty good, man. Um, you know, enjoying a rainy afternoon, day before Thanksgiving, um, mm-hmm. a holiday that I have not even really mixed emotions about, uh, I think sucks. Um because I usually am not a huge fan of like hanging out with family and I think turkey is bad. I think like when you get like organs in the gravy, it's disgusting. <laughs> um, I think that uh, cranberry sauce is weird. I, I don't know if I think it's bad, but it, I don't really like sweet stuff. So that's not really for me. And it's like, if I want to eat mashed potatoes and fucking Brussels sprouts, I could just do that any day um, without, like, your grandma there, you know? Um, and uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> not that I've got any grandmas left, uh, but, uh, you know, um, you get the idea. But the thing is, this year, um, I think probably just because of, like, the isolation of the... Uh, pandemic um i was kind of like looking forward to like being around family and i would even like suck down a goddamn turkey or two uh but you know unfortunately that's not the that's not the case i will say this my fucking neighbor uh-huh who's, who's a fireman fancies himself a fine chef and um cooking some turkeys and i was like man i'm gonna get one of those turkeys from popeye's and he was like, you're going to get a turkey from Popeye's. Uh, I'm going to mop the floor with your shitty fucking Popeye's turkey. And I was like, you don't stand a chance against a Popeye's turkey. Like, they are purveyors of fowl. Like, and they're the best at it. Like, you don't think they can juke into turkey one day a year? Like, they're, they're, they're awesome at this shit. And... um he was steadfast. And so he's my neighbor. Our kids play together. He's a fireman. So pretty hilarious, uh, odd couple, mm-hmm. two of us. Uh, last Halloween, he dressed up as me and I dressed up as him for Halloween. It was pretty uh, hilarious. Sounds sexy. I gave him this exact outfit that I'm wearing right now, <laughs> um, which is, for those of you out there, it's like my bear's vest and my hoodie and my like black cat hat and a bandana and it was so freaky it kind of freaked me out when I walked in the room when I saw him I was like whoa I'm me though um but then I I wore his like fireman pants and a fire hat and like it was it was pretty funny I love that you two a couple a couple of cartoon characters just hanging out in the same outfit every day I plan on whipping his ass in this goddamn turkey challenge. But then Popeye's whipped my ass. I couldn't get a Popeye's turkey. Um, I, would, uh, I called a bunch of places, and they're like, yeah, you know, we got two turkeys. I'd be there in 15 minutes. They'd be like, oh, we don't have any turkeys. I'm like, <laughs> I literally just called. You what? fucking plowed two turkeys between 1045 and 11 a.m. on a Tuesday. 
real so long story short tim there's no popeyes turkey thanksgiving's canceled uh i hate it again brendan there was nothing short about that story yeah that's true <laughs> well. hey so we are together for the second week in a row with the intention of talking about operation ivy's energy that is right and much like the third wave of ska of which i was right at the beginning of it's probably going to be a much worse result that comes out you know i mean like there's operation ivy and then there's slapstick and it's real like precipitous uh drop in quality there and uh you know so this probably will be the slapstick of operation ivy uh road to skull and coast podcast it, it it might be the every other turkey to the elusive popeye's turkey it might be it might be but last week we had some really we said some really good stuff before technical difficulties uh got in our way well, I have to say, we said some really good stuff after technical difficulties as well. I don't know about you, but that was uh, that was a podcast that we that I got so much positive feedback on. How about you? Um, I don't really ever get any feedback on the podcast, to be honest. Um, well, the idea is that you lie, and then you say, "Oh, oh, 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 yeah. oh, 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 yeah." No, everybody loved it. Yeah, no, it was great. Um, no, I, I, right, yes, I know what you mean. Um, I was thinking about it from a totally different perspective. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm intrigued. Yeah, no, I was thinking about um, it's too uh, technical to get into. But yeah, um, no, I got I got a lot of really great feedback about that that podcast. Yeah, I also have to say, watch the Big Lebowski. On Friday, yeah. after we had our conversation, the theory held very soundly through. It did. Good. Truly did. Good. Yeah, if you guys haven't listened, you should go back and listen to the Big Lebowski episode of this podcast. It was the last one um, where I espouse a theory that, for reasons I could not possibly imagine, I've never heard anywhere before. Because it seems to me like it's really the obvious grand unifying theory of that great movie. But the reason we had a whole podcast about it was because it's kind of never been said. And uh, I'm not saying I came up with it. I, I thought of it myself. I'm not saying I'm the first person to come up with it. But... Uh, it's interesting. If you're if you're a fan of the Coen brothers and you like the Big Lebowski, either one, it's probably worth a listen. It's pretty fun. Absolutely. And like watching it um with my wife, I was I hadn't told her the theory, I just told her um, you know, after the podcast. I mean I always give I always give a pretty good play by play. Uh, which she loves full full hour on everything that me and my best friend Brendan talked about. Right, but right, right. when we were watching it, I I hadn't told her beforehand what the theory was, and as I was watching it, I was like, "Oh, this is so 
obvious she's going to know exactly what I'm going to say, but she did not. And then she said, oh, huh, yeah. Direct quote. It is, it is weird. It, it, it is weird. Like it's, it's really right in front of your face, you know? And, uh, you kind of, uh, you kind of don't see it until you do. And then you're like, I don't know. It's like, it's like that scene in the matrix where everything turns into green triangles and shit, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you <laughs> when the time comes, you won't have to. Right, I believe it's Morpheus's line. I think that that's it. Um, I think a a point worth noting, just in a follow up to last week, is uh, Walter not Mm -hmm. actually Jewish. He married into a Jewish family. Um. Well, but he he converted, but he wasn't born. So kind would you like say this. it's kind of like the way Israel became the Jewish homeland um, based on uh, somebody sort of foisting Judaism on that area and then it became heavily militarized and decided that it wouldn't do anything on Saturdays? Um, yes. Yeah. It's, it's wild, man. So um, that was a conversation that we thought originally we would share on Patreon, but we decided to share it with you all this week. But now we're going back to uh, the original intention, which was to have our hoagies and heroes over at patreon.com slash better sandwich be the responsible party for deciding what we talk about each week and energy by Operation Ivy, won the first ever poll in pretty well, uh, pretty, it kind of ran away with it. It wasn't really a contest, but it's a great, it's a great album. Great album. Hard to deny. Uh, we invite all of you to go over to patreon.com slash better sandwich. We will give you the opportunity to vote each week on what we talk about. And we went in with thinking we were just going to do four different albums each week. But uh, I think that last week kind of gave us uh, a little bit of an opportunity to say, yeah, let's just do four different things. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm taking off my coat. I'm getting ready to podcast here, man. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, goddamn right. Um, so yeah, Operation Ivy, cool band. We are sponsored this week mm-hmm. by Marty and Joe Hot Sauce Co. Marty and Joe are two homies, Joe Henderer of Elway and What Gives Fame, and Matt Marty, a member of the Lawrence Arms organization. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, two Coloridians now living in Chicago where they make incredible hot sauces that we'd like to give you all the opportunity to change your life 
by visiting Marty and Joe Hot Sauce Co. Square. Site. That's Marty M A R T I, and spell it out. Marty and Joe Hot Sauce Co. Square. Site. Go over there and peep the offerings. We got sauces like the Hot Mom Hob Habanero sauce. I'm a fan of the Serrano Cider House Rules. You got Serrano peppers and apple cider vinegar. Brendan, let's say you get some dry ass turkey sandwich on Friday. What are you throwing on that sandwich? Oh, I'm throwing on some Marty and Joe hot sauce for sure. Um, it's the, uh, man, the ghost pepper one, which they started mm-hmm. out doing for Halloween. And it's like a little bit like blackened. So it's like black and orange. Um, it's, it's only got one ghost pepper in the whole cauldron called Cause they're witches. Um, they will um, <laughs> suck your soul right out of your penis. Um, they've tried to do it to me, both of them, multiple times. Um, uh, but uh, it, it is um, it is delicious. Not my penis, which tastes terrible, but um, the hot sauce, which is great. Um, and uh, yeah, they get that that hot mom habanero is awesome, and the. Smoking hot mom habanero, which is the smoked version of that. Mm-hmm. It's also great. Um, I know in this house the garlic one goes down um, pretty fast. It's probably uh, just to. It's. I mean, it's delicious on your on your pizzas. It's delicious on your penises. Um, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever you're eating that mm-hmm. night. Uh, it's great. <laughs> Check it. You go over to Marty and Joe Hot Sauce Co. Dot square dot site. Throw a few sauces in the cart. Enter the promo code Better Sandwich, all one word. You get fifteen percent off of an order of twenty dollars or more. That has got to be the best deal I've ever heard, Tim. It's it's pretty incredible. I yeah. had a hard time sleeping last night just like thinking about. Uh, being able to announce something like that to the world. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's troubling. (laughs) Better sandwich, all one word, 15% off. You can start eating better sandwiches with Marty and Joe Hot Sauce Co. Love it. If you want to advertise on this show, Podcast at gmail.com. All right, Brendan. When did you first hear Operation Ivy's energy? Well, I was on the metro train and I was riding out to the suburbs. My mom had recently gotten married and moved out to the suburbs. And I wanted to maintain as much of my like city kid dignity as possible, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I sort of, I still went to uh, school in the city, and then I just hung out with my friends in the city, and I didn't really have a any sort of um, network in the suburbs whatsoever, at all, nothing. And um, I was riding on the metro train with my skateboard, and there was these two other dudes who had skateboards, and they saw my skateboard, and I think I had, like, minor threat sticker on it or something like that. And they were like, 
yo, you like punk rock? And I was like, uh-huh. They were like, you like bad brands? I'm like, yeah, for sure. Um, due to no effects. I mean, this is so long ago. Like, this sounds like ancient shit now. But at the mm-hmm. time, it was like just like what the punk bands were. Talking you know, you... to someone on a train sounds fucking ancient. Yeah. You, you uh... Bad religion, for sure. Operation Ivy. Never heard of Operation Ivy. Oh, dude. You need to check out Operation Ivy. And I was like, okay. So the next week or whatever, I went down and I picked up... You know, we keep saying energy and everybody always calls it energy. But it's the discography. It's energy and, like, the seven inch to follow, right? Mm-hmm. And then two comp songs, right? Uh, I think. And... You know, I listened to it and I was like, this fucking, it's hard to overstate how fucking good that record is. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, it's just like, it is profound in its simplicity and also its complexity and also it's like sophistication for being like a bunch of like very young kids or it's sophistication for even not being very young kids. And the, um, the quality, the recording quality, mm-hmm. like, I remember hearing it at first and being like, this sounds terrible. But when I listen to it now, I'm like, you can hear every single thing. It sounds great. It's just raw as shit. So, like, mm-hmm. and I don't know who the fuck Kevin Army is. I mean, besides the fact that he recorded this album and he recorded uh some 15 records as well and those 15 records do sound like shit it just Mm -hmm. works here i mean you've got tim armstrong playing the guitar so even though that tone is fucking bizarre Mm -hmm. it really works for the, the overall piece right the mood of what's happening and in a and that really is the whole thing. You get like a semi cogent drum tone. You've got Matt Freeman on the bass. It could pretty much sound like anything and it's going to sound fucking awesome. Yeah. And then you've got Jesse Michaels with that just like just throat eviscerating wail. You know, mm-hmm. like all of those sounds are just so good on their own. Like, how much do you really have to mix it for it to sound like a great record? Yeah, totally. I, I feel like having Kevin Army, who's local and from that scene, record it, is probably such a good thing for them to uh, go into because you have somebody who understands what this is, which is ska, and it's also very punk. And I'm I'm sure that you know, if if the circumstances were different, they went in with somebody they didn't know, maybe that, like, would be pushed in one direction and less into the other. Because this is a fucking hugely important ska record, but this has so much force to it. It sounds so punk. I don't know. It's... I think it's a, it's a fucking perfect record, in my I opinion. Mean... It's an important Sky record in that, like, 
Well, I mean, it ushered in that third wave of ska, for one mm-hmm. thing. And for another thing, it was like the gateway drug into the idea of ska for a lot of people, you know? Like, uh, But mm-hmm. this is a punk record. I mean, there is... It, fucking put on the first five seconds of this record and tell me what genre it is. You know, right. it's it's a punk album. Uh-huh. But there's no, there's no there's no two ways about it. You know, just like that voice and that like guitar tone and it's just it rules. I mean, I love it. I think that so where I come from uh with this record is that I was lucky enough to hear Rancid when they were like like I heard Outcome the Wolf when it came out. So uh I was eight, nine years old and I'm hearing Ruby Soho and you know Olympia WA Roots Radicals. And I think that when when I came into like knowing what punk was and wanting to explore a little bit more that's when i heard about operation ivy and i was like oh cool this band that has members of rancid um i was so weaned on how good outcome the wolves sound that this one didn't really connect with me um i honestly like through high school um that makes sense i mean yeah, go ahead. No, it, it really, it really makes sense. It's, um, it is raw as shit, and like, Outcome the Wolves is a major label production. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, even if it's on Epitaph, I mean, it's that's a major label at this point. They, they have done the Offspring, so you know, mm-hmm. and and uh, and this is something very, very different. And as much as like. Tim's vocals and Rancid are, um, I don't know what you want to say, unrefined. Mm-hmm. Jesse's voice is crazy. Like, there's times when he's, like, pulling out, like, falsetto, like, not falsettos, but, like, vibrato, drink, drink in the badlands, you know? So it's, it's like, what the yeah. fuck? You know, like... I mean, he's doing some crazy shit, and his his voice is just so savage. Tim's is always like, got a little bit of like, hey, how about giving me one of those cigarettes kind of vibes to it? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, but like, uh-huh. but Jesse is fucking screaming, mm-hmm. and and it's. And it, and it and it's over a, a, a very much less polished um, musical product. So, yeah, I mean, I can totally understand that. And actually, if anything, I'm surprised that like it could become something that was palatable at that point. Yeah, I, it was really like it. I think by by the time I was like in high school, like early two thousands, it really established itself as being just a necessary uh, entry point to like, oh, you're into punk rock, you gotta be into this, right? And it's so. 
I mean, I know a lot of I know a lot of uh, albums I can think of that like I heard and I was like Youth of Today, right? I bought that record when I was like twelve. Mm-hmm. Can't close my eyes was the name of the record, and I would listen to it. I'd be like, well. And if you just keep listening to it, you'll probably, at a certain point, start to like it. Did not happen with Youth of Today. <laughs> um, I think that shit's terrible sounding. Um, but uh, no offense to them, it's just they suck. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but like, uh, you know, some things it's like, Bad Brains is a great example of a band that, like, it'd be pretty easy to listen to once and be like, huh? Uh-huh. Nah. You know, but then it's like, you really should take the time to listen to what's going on here. It's like, that's, like, when I first got... 100%. When I first got Repeater, not Repeater, um, it wasn't even 13 songs. It was the first... eight. eight it was called Eight Songs. Yeah. Um by Fugazi, I listened to it and I was like, that's eh, all right. And then let's do it again. And I believe my timeline is probably wrong here because I got that pretty fucking early on, like before Repeater was out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, well, I won't say it was at the same time, but I will say this. When I first got Don't Turn Away by Face to Face, I was like, damn, this record fucking rules. Just mm-hmm. straight off the bat. Fugazi eight songs, I was like, nah, I'm not sure about this. Um, and again, I'm not saying these were at the, at the same time, but a week later, I was like, yeah, I could really fucking give or take this face to face record. And a week later with the Fugazi record, I was like, wow, this is one of the most profound things I've ever heard. You know, so sometimes that kind of thing, it, it, it is worth digging into things that people are like, yo, there's more of a reason for this than maybe you're thinking at first glance. Mm-hmm. And energy is definitely, I think, one of those those projects. Like, I mean, it's, it's fucking awesome. It's, yeah, for real. Listening to it now, too, it's just like, it. I'm so overwhelmed by that vocal performance that Jesse has on here. It's just, I don't, I don't know. To me, it like crosses a threshold into you. I I feel in such a deep spot of my core, just like those screams. And I, I don't know what it is about it. It, it seems like it's just like, like the recording has like maybe a little bit of like extra gain on it or he's just on top of the microphone. Do you know what I mean though? It feels like it's just you're so much closer to just the back of his throat. He's um well he's like a just a fucking powerhouse, man. I mean it's like he's an awesome awesome singer. And uh and he's got a really singular style. I mean like I don't know. Do you, do you know anyone else that sounds like Jesse Michaels? Like, I can't think of anyone that sounds remotely like Jesse Michaels. 
The closest I could probably come would be Tim Armstrong, and it's not even the same at all. Yeah. You know? Uh, it. Yeah, and it's like, and that's the thing. It's like you've got this, like, fucking hyper-visionary kid with this crazy voice singing these songs that are like, and you know, like, I talk a lot on this podcast about how the 924 Gilman scene was like so um, crucial to like my worldview and point of view and for everybody from slapstick to the Broadway's to the Lawrence arms, you, you know, like it's where it's, and everybody to the last, like Jeff out from 15, Billy Joe, everybody is like, learned everything I know from fucking Jesse Michaels, man. Like he mm-hmm. really brought this like fucking vision, that like unity music thing. You know, and then he fucking met up with this other, like, insane visionary, Tim Armstrong, you know, who had, like, you know, there's a seven-inch Lint King of Ska, and it's crazy. There's a video on YouTube somewhere, and it's, you can see, because, you know, like, you see, his name used to be Lint, okay, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, Mm -hmm. just for ease. But, um... You see Rancid play now, and it's like he barely plays the guitar. It's like every once in a while he, like, performatively hits one chord. Yeah. Or, like, one string, even. Mm-hmm. And um, that was also the case in Operation Ivy, according to these, like, sort of old videos that I've seen. And But then, and Matt Stamps pointed this out to me, Matt Stamps from Slapstick. He was like, dude, the second they go into Ska... His whole fucking arm starts moving, and he is just, like, jamming through it. Like, he is the king of ska. Like, he was born to play ska. And that's such a fascinating thing to be born to do in uh, a weird, like, sort of, like, working-class area of Northern California out in nowhere. And then to meet up with Jesse Michaels and then be like, oh, and fucking we'll get this insane bass player that's going to define what all good bass players in punk rock sound like for the next 30 years mm-hmm. on bass and then dave mellow who's like the cliff burton of operation ivy like he was just so dope you know like just like on his like little like mini skateboard like barefooted and then and he was just like you know just like he he was like the cool one and it's it's just like a lightning in a bottle i mean obviously you know Mm -hmm. i mean for a band that was around for two years like good heavens what what an influence and there was a article i read by um this dude jason diamond who i've become like kind of friendly with since um who's written some great books. Uh, one was called Searching for John Hughes, and uh, he just put a new one out called, I think, The Sprawl? I think that's what it's called, which I haven't read yet, but... That's not David Simon of The Wire fame. It's not it? David Simon at all. It's... Uh... Did I just hear David Simon? You just heard David Simon, and you oh, made me fucking... Sorry. Forget this motherfucker's name. Uh, Jason Diamond. Oh, um, sorry. And uh, there's that headache. No, 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 no. It's, a, it's, I get it. 
But uh, he wrote this article for Slate about sort of like the third wave of Scott has a bad rap and it's deserved because uh, third wave Scott mostly is terrible. But he was like, but the two bands that started it, Operation Ivy and Slapstick, Mm-hmm. were exceptions and I was like I, I mean first of all incredibly flattered to be put in such good company mm-hmm. um, second of all I was like but we were just kids and they were already broken up but then I think about it now they broke up in 89 we started in 92 it's been longer between Lawrence Arms albums like, mm-hmm. maybe we were contemporaries, which uh, is crazy because, I mean, like, if we're contemporaries, it's like we're contemporaries, like, oh, yeah, no, so we're just trying to be these guys. That would be cool, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like uh, not like peers by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but it is fascinating to think about how. relatively close to that like sort of god this is the dumbest metaphor crashing of the third wave of ska mm-hmm. that like i was a part of yeah that they were you know and uh yeah i guess all i can say is that they were the best at it but um slapstick probably second best yeah so <laughs> Um, when, when you, when Matt Stamps, uh, talked to you about starting Slapstick, he referred to it as a ska band and you're like, well, what's that? And they said like Operation Ivy and you're like, oh, okay. Like I know Operation Ivy for sure. Um, was there, was there like a, I guess, were they held in the like regard that they're held in? Now, obviously, time like sort of elevates everything, but it seems like they pretty quickly had like a like a a cult. Yeah, they were already just bigger than life. And the uh, yeah, when Matt said that to me, and he's like, "Yeah, I want to do a ska band," and I was like, "I don't know what ska is," and he's like, "It's like Operation Ivy." I was like, "Okay." But to me, Operation Ivy was just a punk band. And he's like, mm-hmm. the upstrokes and shit. And I'm like, mm-hmm. And I had no idea what he was talking about. You know, but I was just like, yep, fake it till you make it, man. You know, just for mm-hmm. the job you want. You know, and uh, so, and then we started playing and I kind of understood it a little. But uh, for sure, that I mean, that was how I learned about Ska. It was Matt Stamp pointing at Operation Ivy and being like, that's what Ska is. Um and I I just remember, like, when Rancid did their first tour. Oh, my God. That's Chicago, Brendan Kelly right there. Rancid. Um, <laughs> when Rancid did their first When we first started going on a tour, Tim, uh, I remember, like, we were in Texas or something. And I was, like, 17. And these mm-hmm. girls are like, say Rancid again. <laughs> say it again. Hold on. Janine, come over here. Listen to this motherfucker say Rancid. It wasn't like a sexy thing. It was like they were mocking me uh, oh. overtly. <laughs> um, but, 
but yeah, when Rancid first played in Chicago, they played um, Scrap Skate Park, and um, and it was like, dude, it's the guy from Operation Ivy, and everyone mm-hmm. was like, oh, like that show was packed and sold out. Slapstick actually played that same day, I believe, in a band shell in like Woodstock. Um, uh-huh. So we couldn't go. But funny story about that show is there's always been this legend. Um, and Toby asked me about this. Toby, um, the Lawrence Arms fourth member, he's a, in charge of literally everything that's not actually playing music on stage. Um <laughs> He uh, used to work at Fat Records, and he was like, yeah, there's always this legend. Did you ever hear about Rancid playing a skate park in the suburbs? And I was like, oh, yeah, Scrap Skate Park. I remember that show specifically because we couldn't go because we were, uh, you know, playing our own show. And we were all super bummed, but we always th- we thought it was Jesse Michaels who was going to be there, uh-huh. you know. But it turned out to be Tim. I mean, whatever. Who, but just little fucking window dressing on the story, I guess. But uh, um, he was like, yeah, so there was this... There's always been this legend that there was a dude there, like a skinhead named Dave. And Tim saw him and decided to take on his persona. And who... And I was like... Dude, that's Dave Simon. It's fucking Dave Simon. He works at the fuck Cobra Lounge. He's like an old skinhead. He's got the word mm-hmm. goon tattooed across the door. And I mean, like, you talk to Dave, he's like, and I'm like, you heard that in San Francisco? You know Dave. You know exactly who that old skinhead is. It's uh-huh. Dave. It's Dave Simon. And it's obvious, yes, if, if, if that's the story, and it's gotten back that far... Either it's been recapitulated in such a way where instead of them meeting and both being like, <laughs> right? That's one possible thing. But it seems a lot more likely that it's like, yeah, Tim just stole Dave Simon, which is particularly amazing because now. Dave Simon plays guitar in an Operation Ivy cover band. (laughs) (laughs) So talk about that whole thing with like the Terminator where like nobody invented it, you know, and they left the arm behind and that's how they got the technology. Mm -hmm. That's a real fucking loop right there. Beautiful. Dave Simon's impersonating a guy, impersonating him. Uh... And it gives me it, it fucking allows me to not have to go back and edit edit the part where I thought you said David Simon because I'm kind of migrainey today because Dave Simon David Simon it's important for that continuity too. Fuck, are you kidding me? It, well, I don't know the veracity of these claims, but um, it it really does seem to kind of fucking hold up like to the bare minimum of scrutiny that I care to give it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, I know Dave. I've been, like, sitting around drinking in bars with Dave for 20 years. And 
so is Toby, by the way. And when he's like, did you know this skinhead Dave? I'm like, you mean Dave? <laughs> like Dave that's sitting next to us right now? Dave? Yeah, I, I, I know Dave. <laughs> like, would you just have a fucking stroke? Yeah, I know this skinhead named Dave <laughs> who is at the Rancid show who talks like Tim Armstrong. Yes, uh, because there's only one. Of those, and you happen to know him very well too. Um, okay, I'm, I'm done with this. But I think that that's a f- that it, it's interesting to consider slapstick in the context of Operation Ivy because that sort of fucking like myth and legend of Tim Armstrong stealing his persona, shit that just like I don't think uh, makes it in in today's world. I think we've like. With the way with the way tech works, uh, we don't really have uh, stories like that that come together. But slapstick kind of also has a bit of a mythos surrounding it that I don't know when you're when you look at like Op Ivy and the way that you think about them is like you know in the terms that you put them in, and then people sort of apply shit like that to your own band does. Does that change your perspective on Op Ivy at all? Mm, no. What? First of all, that's no. I'm just thankful that people give a shit for one thing, and for another thing, it's like, um, I don't know, man. I just kind of like what I like, and like people can like whatever they're into, but like it, it, the any amount of praise heaped upon like my dumb high school ska band um is appreciated and like we did try to put out as good of music as we possibly could but i mean the difference is vast you know i mean operation ivy was like a cultural force we -hmm. were like a cool regional delicacy or whatever you want to say for lack of a better word uh and it's it's just like there's there's never been a point where i've been like oh man people like us as much as they like operation ivy Mm -hmm. it's like yeah two people do Uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know so so i don't know man but uh uh, one one last funny thing about that whole fucking Tim Armstrong, uh, Dave Simon thing is that I remember one day Dave Simon was in the L&L, which was the bar that we used to hang out at. And uh, he goes, you know, man, I almost stopped saying my, I'm only going to say me. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, like, where's me shorts? <laughs> I'm like, your shorts? funny funny uh funny thing to come up with first but okay gotcha uh and uh but so he was just stealing too Uh (laughs) if you talk like tim armstrong no matter where you came down the line you're just taking it from other pirates man that's it uh We're going to take ourselves a little break, and uh, we'll be right back.
First song, side A, knowledge. I mean, fucking. I think the one two on this is really pretty fucking impressive. You mean knowledge into sound system? Yeah. Yeah. Um, sound system is a vastly inferior song to knowledge but that's not to say that it's not a vastly superior song to most um sound system is um just a classic and tim armstrong has gone on to do this over and over in rancid to great success but it's 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 a reggae thing and and a ska thing and a dub thing where it's a song about loving music, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and it is, it does immediately punctuate the album in such a way that you're like, oh, this isn't straightforward punk rock, mm-hmm. right? Because it's just like got it's pick it ups and it's ska and it's and it's just really rootsy in a very very authentic way, particularly keeping in mind how young the people are that are on this record making it. And um, it is awesome. Knowledge Mm -hmm. is the smartest, most concise fucking exemplary of punk rock lyrics yeah that i have ever heard the, i remember one time i was sitting there with chris mccog and, and you know we were like probably 15 maybe 16 because we were probably driving around and um we were listening to suffer by bad religion and mm-hmm. we were listening to the song best for you and the chorus at the end of that song it's not even a chorus it's like the outro chorus i don't even know what you call it it's just everybody knows what's best for you everybody mm-hmm. knows what's best for you right and over and over a again coda? maybe a coda oh well i think it's only a coda if you if it is something you come back to yeah um but uh and chris was like dude that shit is so true that's like the truest thing I've ever fucking heard. Mm-hmm. Everybody fucking knows what's best for you. And I was like, mm-hmm. and again, I like, I don't know like what's wrong with my brain, but like I had, Chris had to say that to me for me to be like, yes, that is fucking absolutely. Yes, that's great. But I think all I know is that I don't know nothing is like, Uh, it, it's it's like almost like sneakily simple, right? Mm-hmm. Like it invites you in to be like, yeah, no, it's dumb, and it's mm-hmm. like, nope, this is actually like the smartest thing you could, you know, mm-hmm. like a twelve-year-old thinks they know everything there is to know about math. Uh, mm-hmm. Carl Sagan died knowing he knew 
literally nothing about math. Yeah. You know, and uh, it, it's it's just so remarkably succinct and intelligent and like, and I mean, it's just fucking killer. You know, it, like, it, like if mm. take take it out of the the context of it being like lyrically, secretly profound. Mm-hmm. The song just fucking rips. Yeah, you yeah. know. I think that like that statement goes right up with no future for just defining like what what it means to like be punk or to th- you know to be a part of punk well you see okay i kind of disagree tim i think that like this is jesse michaels who we've already discussed was like sort of a standard bearer of like philosophical thought in a very like feckoned and important scene in mm-hmm. uh sort of punk rock history and He's the one saying, all I know is that I don't know nothing, which is, I feel like it's a clarion call to everybody to be like, shut the fuck up. We don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just question things. Let's ask questions because we don't know. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I don't, I don't think it has a like. I don't think there's a nihilist bent to it at all. I think it's I think it's more extraordinarily philosophical, you know, and it's like and he does write off a lot of things, you know, what you're going to do with yourself, but better make up your mind. Mm-hmm. And the response is all I know is that I don't know nothing, right? Mm-hmm. But like but also, it's like if you listen to that, if you listen to the lyrical qu- content on the whole record, it's like, just like, as if I'm not going to change my mind. Mm-hmm. There's no way that that's not tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and like, and this is again, this guy's a thought leader, you know? And so the idea that, this would just be some sort of like nihilistic throwaway. It doesn't really check out to me. Like no future is, uh, a great blink one eighty two song. Um, actually it has my favorite part on the entire California album in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but with all due respect, I'd say that they're not quite the same. Uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, um, it, um, it, it is so nuanced and intelligent and in like and it is so wrapped in the articles of like cheap thoughtless punk rock that it is so easy to take it at like a simple face value but even if you do that simple face value is a profound, profoundly intelligent thought, which is like, I'm smart enough to know I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and that is like, 
I, I never met anybody smart that thought they knew what was going on. You know? For uh, real. For real. So. I, I think that... I think that I process no future as having a similar uh, tongue-in-cheekness to it. I think that it maybe gets... Um, maybe it carries, like, a nihilism that I think is more interpretation as opposed to the way that I think of it, which is just like, I don't know, reading the room a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I, I mean, uh, obviously like one of like the main calling cards, particularly in this sort of era of punk rock is like, it's fucking Gen X deep irony. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, there's uh, Gen X was a generation that was like steeped in irony, but also a generation that cared very deeply about things, you know, and um, mm-hmm. and and the decontextualization of that kind of art can make it seem very nihilistic. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right. Like there is a lot more irony and like what do children think of when they think of the bomb man you know mm-hmm. um yeah kind of shit totally to it so yes but those are good songs good one too <laughs> i yeah what i love with all i know is that i don't know nothing is the fact that this is like you're saying a you know, respected uh, member of a very thoughtful community. Um, also the singer of the band, the person with the microphone, uh, we usually assign some sort of reason for why one would have a microphone and he espews, but also says like, yeah, that's, that's how you learn. Like yeah. Socrates said, knowing is that you know nothing. That's us, dude. Yeah, man. It, it, it is. It is really. Tr- <laughs> it is really true, man. It and like. I, he's just so smart, and contextually, it has to be read that way. Like, mm-hmm. it like. If you take this song in a vacuum, it could sound very vacuous and, you know, nihilistic. Um, but it's not. It's incredibly nuanced. And it's it's really, really, I think, profound. Yeah. I mean, I think about, like, the... Um the last few years and the way uh, we've been talking about, you know, the underrepresented and the concept of privilege more and more. And Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, there's often a lot of pushback from people when they get called out on something, when they're, you know, told, Hey, like actually what you're saying can represent this. Stepping back and just saying, like, 
I don't know better than everybody else is a really good way to listen. It, it, it really, it really truly is. And it's unfortunately like all of like language is so militarized and weaponized at this point mm -hmm. that it might like, I try my best to just be an ally to anyone you know, that's, uh, mm -hmm. like either like, uh, part of a marginalized community or just like cool or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, and there are times when my knowledge fails me and I really appreciate when people are like, yo, that's, not the way to say that or that's not the performative task that we appreciate or whatever the fuck it is you know mm -hmm. but like but I get where you're coming from here's what you need to know cause it's like I just don't fucking know you know right? and, and, and like and, and I, I really appreciate that because I do want to be respectful to everyone it's like I think I've talked about this on this podcast that David Foster Wallace essay um, about the um, like dudes that are all like Rush Limbaugh that do uh, mm -hmm. talk radio shows. And the one guy's like, I'm taking the N word back. And David Foster Wallace is like, uh, I feel like if somebody doesn't want you to call them something, it's only the bare minimum of courtesy not to call them that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. And uh -huh. I, I think that, it's a lot like all I know is that I don't know nothing and that it's so simple and succinct, but it's so profoundly right on, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, oh yeah, that's just rude. Yeah. Like I'm not, I don't need to prove a point. Mm -hmm. Like I'll just not be rude to you. How about that? <laughs> you know, totally. it's like I could kick my mom down the stairs to prove a point, but, uh, it would be a bad thing to do. <laughs> You know? Yeah. I think also to, it's, you know, um, how how does one uh, attain knowledge? Well, they fucking listen to smarter people. And I think that, I think anybody who has that drive still to learn um, and to, you know, explore and, and read more and, like, take in different art, like, the foundation of that is being, like, I don't know shit. Like, let me listen to some motherfucker who knows a thing or two. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've uh, in the business of rock and roll, mm -hmm. which I've been in for a while now, and you know, I've obviously had like a middling career, to put it mildly, but um, it's been incredibly satisfying for me. Um, mm -hmm you know, heart and soul wise. And man, I see these motherfuckers all the time. They're like, nah, I know everything about this. And it's like, you're in from autumn to ashes. You don't know anything about this. <laughs> like, like, everything you're doing sucks. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> so, like, <laughs> and, 
to be fair, um, I've never spoken to those dudes. I, I just used them as like a sort of like totemic example of um, the dumb band. Uh, so like, uh, <laughs> while I'm not trying to insult their souls, uh, they're not getting out without like getting at least the, the finger, you know? Uh, so, so uh, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I know what you're saying. And, and it's yeah. like when I, when I met the Menzingers, young, naive kids, and they were like, what do we do? Tell mm-hmm. us what to do. Mm-hmm. Does Toby know other stuff we should do? Toby does. You should talk to Toby. Great. Okay, we'd like to ask you more stuff we should do. Those, those guys still call me now and ask me for advice. Their band is more popular than mine. I'm like, I, I don't know. Sell less tickets. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, but You're playing festivals now, right? Here's what you do. <laughs> but, but, like, but, yeah, the, the fundamental... bedrock piece of knowledge that is crucial is you don't know shit him mm-hmm. and and like listen up because you can always learn and whatever you think you fucking know like you could be somebody that like sit oh my god this is such a fucking terribly like me analogy and I'm just like already regretting it, but you could be sitting around playing with your dick every day from the time that you're fucking 10 till you're fucking 50 and someone can come up and tell you how to do it better. And, uh, (laughs) like that can happen, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. and it, it's like, I'm just trying to think of something that's as visceral and singular as playing with your dick, which just as possible, uh-huh. <laughs> you, you know, like something where you're like, "Well, I'm the master of this," mm-hmm. and then someone can come up and be like, "Twink, twist, this, that," and you could be like, "Whoa, that's my dick," you know, like it, it, it <laughs> and that's after fucking in this hypothetical example, forty years of fucking playing with your dick constantly, three hundred sixty-five days a year, twenty hours a day. You know what I'm saying? Not, yeah, you live in yeah, Indiana. Totally. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm a more, I'm more on like a 22 hour thing, but mm-hmm. you know that's just daylight savings time out here is weird. I don't know. Um, I think that you know you brought up unity, and unity is such a like constant theme throughout this record. Also got a track called Unity, but it's like all of these songs are so purposeful. And I think that they all carry this message, too, of just like, I don't know anything. Let me listen to everybody here. And it's it's honestly, it's such an embodiment of just community. And it really it really is. I mean, like. There's a really cool picture that I urge you all to go check out. It's on the Sam I Am Instagram. 
and it's Jason Bebout, the singer of Sam I Am, singing uh, at, on stage at Gilman, and it, it's it's during an Operation Ivy show, and it's complete fucking chaos. I mean, there's people just like, you know, you think like you're against me show or whatever is fucking hype. Uh, no, this was like, this is just like, there's people like upside down, like on the stage. It's, it's a wild picture. And then flanking him on either side are two of the wildest looking motherfuckers ever. And it's Jesse and Tim. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, this was just this band that had to have like, Created something like, I mean, I was there just like a couple years afterwards and I can't really even understand what it must have been like to, to see this in its inception. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like you can see all this shit. You could see, like, you can hear a CD and it's like, unity, as one stand together, unity, evolution's got to come. Or you could be there when they go, we got a new song, and they play that. And that has got to be, that had to be fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. Because it's just such a revolutionary, like, but positive, like, thing. So positive, yeah. You know, it's like, so what's track three on this record? I don't even. Track three is Jaded. Oh, Jaded's okay. Um, it's, 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 it's nice and punk rock. Mm-hmm. Um, lets you know that it's not going to be uh, all ska, I guess. Um, but I think it's a shockingly weak track to be track three. Yeah, it's uh, a little. I mean, it's it's like, if I said it different, it would be a lie. If I said it different, it would be a lie. Mm-hmm. Be a lie. <laughs> right? It, it, like, what was those rebellion? Now, clearly, just a social sector. You just upset because your own social click is left. Leave if you want. Because I know that someday I will too, and I won't burn my bridges. Be just another jaded fool. This is obviously a personal attack on someone. Yeah. Uh, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. and it's. Got the trappings of an 80s punk song, which I think just sort of like the minor chromatic chord changes and uh-huh. and then the um, sort of the, the, the vocals that follow, like pretty uh, lockstep. With yeah. the guitar, you know, um, I think to me it hasn't aged that well. Uh, mm-hmm. The sound, I mean, I mean the the sentiment is fine. I don't, I don't have a bad thing to say about Operation Ivy sentiment, but uh, but you know, like uh, the sound of it is is a little dated to me. Yeah, this it's... this song particularly, like, which is funny because all this shit sounds old. But this one sounds dated. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I think that... Well, it's it's 
it's kind of interesting because I one of the things that I got a lot out of listening to this record in preparation for talking about it was the way that there's just there's a lot of timelessness in different elements of like I, I'm thinking of like Tim's guitar solos that are just so like hollow body like Chuck Berry like for real yeah it's just it's just cool man it, I'm sorry I don't mean to interrupt I'm no I, I just think that there's um there's a lot of just like different components that are all put together um and although it sounds like this record was made in the late 80s it doesn't ever really feel like the songs are just specifically in the late 80s because there's so many different you know well, subgenres I mean, they're pulling from i think a song like knowledge Mm-hmm. Is an '80s punk song. I think yeah, sure. Sound system could come out today, right? Because it's still just a throwback. Uh, jaded, definitely '80s sounding. But like, but when you get to the song like "Unity," which I think it's track mm-hmm. five, I think we've got something else. No, no, it's seven. There's the crowd. There's something else in there. Um, Bombshell. Oh, Bombshell. Bombshell Bombshell could come out today. Great great song. I mean, just goofy throwaway thing. Uh But the crowd, no, it all sounds like part of a time. Like, I don't think there's Artificial Life maybe is a song that, like, sounds like it could have come out today. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, which is the ska song after the original Energy album is over. It's the first song of the seven inch that follows. Mm-hmm. Um, got a song about something that's gone away, right? Tyler Hunter shares when he plays, right? Right? Like, yeah. That, that to me, just because it, like, much like Bomb, uh, or Bombshell or um, uh, Sound System, is, or Bad Town for that matter. Um, mm-hmm. it, they're just so niche that they become kind of timeless. But like the the punk songs, I mean, the crowd is maybe my favorite rec- song on this record. Um, it's so tough. Like that guitar is so like. It's just so growly, like it it is. So dope. And then that, that verse that I've already like referenced once was which in the in the booklet it's like lyrics by lint for this like one little part. And it's uh-huh. like Drink drink in the badlands. Liquid breath for the poor. Another member of the crowd goes down round at the liquor store. I mean, it's so tough and cool, mm-hmm. man. Like that shit is like Oof. And what's funny is when I was a little kid and I used to listen to the crowd, and I mean, I'm talking preteen, right? I'm 12, 13, maybe when I'm listening to this. I'm considering Operation Ivy as this huge, famous band. 
and then he's waking up backstage uh-huh. and going out to the crowd uh-huh. of the show he's playing. Little did I know that they like played in living rooms and like toured around in a fucking Jetta or whatever, and uh, <laughs> you know, and, and broke up after two years. I was like, oh, this is about like a famous rock and roll guy waking up backstage because I assume you just sleep backstage. I don't, you know, I'm uh-huh. thirteen or whatever, and you walk out and you're like, oh, the crowd. <laughs> and it was just like only, you know, a few years later when I was like, oh, this is about the more ass of fucking civilized society. I get it. Uh, that's <laughs> it's a lot more, a lot more bullshit to, to deal with than walking out and singing Bad Town, you know. <laughs> okay, take warning. Uh, Fine, a little bit like Jamaican for my taste. Um, I kind of feel yeah. like, kind of feel like it's. Uh, I don't want to be one of those people that kind of like gets into like it's cultural appropriation because it's really not my place as like a white guy to say stuff like mm-hmm. that and and like especially to throw shade at another fucking dude that's just trying to do art and 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 uh, and. With that being said, in 1990, this song made me uncomfortable. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, I don't know if we're supposed to be like, take water in. <laughs> you know, like, you know. Yeah. But, but yeah, um, the crowd, best song on the front half. Um, Bombshells, fine. Unity, pinnacle of the album, but uh, yeah, not the best song on the record. But like, if Operation Ivy reunites for Riot Fest, and they mm-hmm. don't play this last or first, right. either one, mm-hmm. they're absolutely fools, right? Um, Unity is the is the jam. It's like the, it's like the don't call me white. It's like, it's not my favorite song. I don't even, I guess they told me that it's the hit. I, you know, like, Uh I don't know what happened there, but, uh, (laughs) vulnerability is fucking dope. It's just an old timey punk song. Um, bank shot is bombshell part two. Uh, one of these days, just a cover, but uh, Nancy Sinatra, and it's cool to remember that it was like a bit of feminist iconography. Um, oh yeah, when they when they repurposed it as what can only I I can only assume was like pretty positive uh, vibe on it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean, like. For a punk band in like a scene that's like a lot of white dudes to mm-hmm. repurpose this song about uh, female empowerment, um, mm-hmm. pretty cool. Like that, yeah. Gonna find you uh, used to scare the shit out of me. 
Um, I love Gonna Find You. Gonna Find You is great. So you can stroke your responsibilities. It's like, it's so like, like you can almost like see Boss Hog from Dukes of Hazard uh, in the background of Gonna Find You, which I really like. <laughs> um, and, and it also has, I think, on an album with some pretty ridiculous vocal performances, the most ridiculous, which is, Gonna find you! <laughs> um, that's hilarious. Bad Town fucking rules. Bad Town, first time Tim Armstrong takes the helm. Um, and... I don't know why they put a saxophone in it. Um, it might go down as the only saxophone in a song that I don't like actively loathe. Um, saxophone, it's like, if you're like an old black dude in the subway mm-hmm. playing the saxophone, cool. If you're everybody else, not cool. Uh, <laughs> like it's a... I think it is the probably dorkiest of instruments. Um, but that being said, in this particular song, uh, it somehow doesn't make it worse. We've been listening to a lot of Springsteen in this house. Oh, yeah. I mean, Lately. Clarence Clements. Uh. <laughs> I feel like... He's like every everything about Bruce Springsteen is is a hump that you have to get over. That is um, a great way to put it, Tim. Um, I think I think you you said a mouthful, man. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, you gotta kind of swallow your pride for every single aspect of Bruce Springsteen shit. Um, not to say it's bad, but <sighs> okay. So where were we? Bad town. <laughs> saxophone smiling smiling's fine smiling's a punk scout song from the 80s it doesn't really do much for me but then caution boom Mm -hmm. great song um back and forth vocals um deceptively simple uh c-a-t-i-o-n what i can understand what a dog with the original nation turn around so don't want me then the steel painted glass, give me a second, I'm out of my bed. No relief, no food, no sleep. You're okay for a day, you're all for a week. You look right. Uh, awesome song. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, I like it a lot. Um, <laughs> it's, it's so cool, man. I, the, that song, just in particular, is just one of those things that to a 12 year old is fucking the coolest thing ever and to a 34 year old it still is fucking the best yeah i don't know what that song is about i mean it's like about being reckless i guess but it it never it's just a banger like it's it's it, it definitely goes into the um, bank shot category to me mm-hmm. as far as it's just fun, but it just doesn't happen to be Scott. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I love it. 
Um, oh shit, we're getting into some fucking good shit. Artificial, uh, freeze up. Nah, not for me. Um, freeze up is fine. It's, um, I want to say it's like kind of Cold War E. Uh, or maybe that's just like the way I always interpreted it because there's mm-hmm. a freeze up, there's a freeze up coming. Like, it just has no nugget to me. It's got no part that like bounces and sticks out to me. And it's, yeah, it's like just minor enough and like minor Scott, like, is not for me. Um, Artificial Life, one of the best songs on this record for sure. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of pick it ups. Um, I just it, love that artificial life in the market, artificial life in the marketplace. It's so smart. It, isn't it also, is this the one that's like, quit acting like you're nuts. Yeah. Just shut the hell up. <laughs> and I actually did that on the Ska song on the Liquid Death record. Uh-huh. I went, pick it up, pick it up. Just shut the hell up. There's a little bit of an homage to this album. That's fucking awesome. Um, Artificial Life is one of my faves. Room Without a Window, um, it's it's a punk song, mm-hmm. you know. Room Without a Window, can't see out, can't see out. Like it's nobody constructed this with the idea that it would be listenable or good, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just like. It's just like you make a song that exists, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I know what this was like to be this age and make songs. There is no way that it was probably fun to scream. Yeah. But, but like room without a window, can't see out room without a window. You can't see out, can't see out. Like, there's no way I, they were like, "Ooh, people will like to listen to this," because uh, it's just fun to play in practice. It's just, it's fine, mm-hmm. you know. It's 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 eighties punk. That's what that is. But that big city. This is one of my very favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is the crowd, but like with a different sort of twist on it. Somehow, I like these songs about living in a big city when I was like a isolated child living in a big city <laughs> um and uh yeah i can't remember how big city started oh this town is fucking insane what was that any other game giant mechanical brain and the streets ourselves yeah um it, it's 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 also kind of 80s punk but i i'll, I'll allow it it's great mm. it's it's one of the best but Missionary, when I was a kid, this was my favorite song on the record. I kind of forgot about it when I was talking about the crowd. Um, on my way to save the world. On my way to save the world. Mm-hmm. Th- this this song is... I'm too old now to have like the patience for like a obvious Christian metaphor about like... Uh, not even metaphor, but like... Ooh, it's like, and the priest fucked the kids, you know, like, it's like, okay, you know, like, yeah, there's just not enough nuance in it for me, like, now, but 
melodically, instrumentally, the song is a shredder. Love it. Love it. I'm going to get through all these, man. It's going to be, <laughs> don't, don't you panic. I know you got a headache, but I'm, I'm doing it, man. Um, junkies running dry. That? Oh, jeez. Okay. We're on Spotify. Yeah. All right. Junkies running dry. Um, I feel like this is a song that like people like, but I don't like, uh, it's it's got like a cool, reckless vibe to it, and it, mm-hmm. it is so uh, such a precursor to like all the early rants and stuff like rats in the hallway and like yeah shit like that like rat out of three Puerto Ricans like that kind of shit you know mm-hmm. but he's Tim is only credited on writing one lyric on this album so. I don't think he wrote Junkies Run and Drive, but I bet he did. Um, here we go again. Not good. Hoboken, hilarious. Um, Hoboken is like the attempt to do, um, like, I like food by the Descendants, but by uh, Operation Ivy and have it have a little more gravitas. Uh-huh. You know, it's like. You thought we lodged, see, it was a mirage. In fact, you were everywhere. Oh, man, they changed me! It's just like this, like, crazy, like, uh, like baked potato of a song, like, packed with every single fucking topping you could have. <laughs> um, Yelling in my ear, I know everybody loves this song. Fat Mike said this was the song he heard um, first. By Operation Ivy, and it changed his life. I think it's fine. It has a lot better songs on this record. Sleep Long. <laughs> Thumbs down from me. <laughs> um, and we're, we're at the end, man. We got, we got three songs left, buddy. Hang in there. Poor Tim <laughs> has a headache. And, and so that's why I'm going through these in this like rapid-fire order, which... Um, please write to Tim and tell him that this is a superior version of the podcast. Um, um, healthy body. Weird song. The fuck is this about? Healthy body, sick mind. Like what? It's like, it's like he, he like it's, he's got like a person that he's very attracted to who's mentally ill i mean like i don't understand <laughs> what's going on here but it, it's just a bizarre premise for a song healthy body sick mind you're working overtime yeah and like it, it's just like and it, it does have kind of that, like the 80s bop to it like 80s pop bop uh-huh. if i may but i really don't for the life of me, know why you would go out of your way to point out how healthy someone's body was uh, if the song was about how they're mentally ill. Uh, <laughs> it, it just seems like a fucking crazy step to take. And then you call mm-hmm. the song Healthy Body. It's like, you're much more into the body, obviously. Uh-huh. You like how healthy it is. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> 
Weird, uh, as the kids say, weird flex. Um, <laughs> all right, all right, we're coming down to the end here, man. Don't you panic. Officer. Can't say enough good things about any song that fucking decries the pigs. Fuck the police. Officer is one of those songs. I have nothing to add. Operation Ivy playing a song that says fuck the police. Boom. I got no... Um, a song about all the junkies at Gilman Street, right? I mean, I think. I don't know, but I know that there's a lot of junkies there. Mm-hmm. And the song is clearly a... But it's also, like, kind of weird because it's like... Thank God I never slipped into that. Like, I'm I'm good. I got no... Nothing in my mind. It's like... It's like yeah, you guys, oops, but I saved myself, you know, and, and like, which I guess has like a sort of like a, uh, sort of an antecedent or a, a parallel brother in the hardcore scene where they talk about how like, they don't do that, you do that, but we mm-hmm. don't do that, seems a little less thoughtful than some Operation Ivy songs um, to be to be like yeah yeah you guys are on heroin but I got out of it woo um but yeah it is All like, right. it's like uh, well that sucks that you're kind of weak but it's yeah, yeah. no nobody's perfect, Brendan. I'm looking. I'm looking like to the right of you to look at you right now. Uh, mm-hmm. got, the, got the old the old migraine coming in. It's great. Uh, all that being said, this is so much fun to fucking talk to you about the shit that you love. Well, man, uh, I, and I do love this record, and I love talking to you too. And um, I'm I'm sorry. I hope you feel better. Um, everybody, go on the Patreon and vote for what record we should talk about next. And um, feel free to add suggestions. By the way, um, because I just like randomly tossed out a couple of things, and uh, you know, I I think we'd like to talk about the stuff that you'd like to hear about. So. That's kind of what podcasting is. But my man <laughs> Tim here is, uh, he's, he's, he's hurting. And um, Tim, I love you. I hope you feel better. I'm sorry. Let's, uh, let's, let's sign off now. Um, you're the best. Go lay down, like put some lemonade in your eyes or whatever the fuck it is you do for that <laughs> shit. Uh, Thank you so much, Brendan, for carrying the last uh, half hour of this podcast. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, When my wife has got a migraine, she has sex with the neighbor. So I I think that maybe she has migraines like three times a day. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, maybe try that. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go do that. Thanks so much. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, folks. Bye, guys.